0: Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Everyday Theology. My name is Guy Parkerson, I'm here with John. You know what, I almost said when we recorded in California, and I said Muthifus. Muthifus? Yes, yeah, yeah, I almost did it again. I don't know. John... That's an inside joke? It is. No, because we it actually made the recording. Oh, it did? Yeah, it did. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, so okay. John is filling in for Ian this <laughs> week, and he... Uh, He is doing a little series on David.
1: Yeah. Interesting guy. Yeah, we're taking a break from Axe and uh, looking at David. Figured that Ian would... He's just been steeped in his study of Axe and Mm -hmm. figured I'd do something else while he's gone. Well, David is an interesting character. And it's uh, a
0: lot of similarities that I didn't realize until you started going into it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Really?
0: So it's just kind of
1: new to you? not, Not completely new, but there's just much more than I... Then I realized yeah. a lot of similarities to Jesus that, you know, David is a picture of the, the Messiah to come. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's just really interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I had heard the story of David, you know, when I was young. But you, you just get this kind of cartoon picture of David right. versus Goliath. But there's a whole lot of detail in there, you know, the type of weapons that Goliath was using. I mean, uh, and you mentioned that it was, uh, this was the first, it's the only Battle that was actually like described in detail in the entire Bible, didn't you mention that? No, it's the only representative ah battle, okay, Which well, we're going to talk about yeah later. we're going to talk about here in a minute, so one of the first things i I noticed was you know since we 're in Acts and we see how the Jewish people are turning on the Christians and jesus mm-hmm. it, it seems like they're making they've made the same mistake for years once again. The Jewish people are continuing to make the same mistake. They uh, they think their leader should be this handsome, strong figure, and in yeah. reality, that's not. God is not interested in the outside.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, you know, we read that in First Samuel sixteen. God looks at, or man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. That's mm-hmm. what He tells Samuel when Samuels going to anoint one of Jesse's sons as next king. He sees the firstborn who's the tallest and said, so, you know, this has to be the king. Right.
0: And Isaiah 53 two, clearly, I mean, it, it's, it's a prophecy of the, the Messiah to come. And it says, I'll just read it real quick. For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of a, out of the dry ground, he had no form or majesty that they should look at him and no beauty that we should desire. It seems like they're making the same mistake here. It looks like David's brothers were all better looking, more qualified. You know, from the outward appearance. And here's David, small in stature. Um, One of the other things that I I I thought was interesting is he's 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 actually
1: tending to the sheep. Yeah. What are we referred to as? Sheep, sheep. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, shepherding wasn't this like well looked upon profession, Um, especially once you get further into history and you get to the time when Jesus was born, shepherds weren't they they were like a low low class citizens uh, and who who was told first about the birth of Jesus? The shepherds. shepherds. Yeah. The shepherds. So so God chooses, I that's that's somewhere else in scripture that God chooses the lowly things of this this earth to shame the wise. Mm-hmm. He he takes these these things that that are just different than how we look at the world, and people look at the world, and that's what he chooses to elevate, and to. And he shames the, the things that we think are wise. Yeah. Uh, and every generation has to, I think, learns the same lessons over yeah, and over Yeah, which I think again. is profound, and why we,
0: you know, I, I, I do it all the time. I look at the outward appearance rather than, well, I try to do both, but the outward appearance is always, it's, it's the... It's the first thing we recognize, the yeah. first thing we notice, but it really has nothing to do with their art or what the type of person that they are. Yeah,
1: we make the mistake over and over again. I guess we're no different than the Jews. We're not. No, no. I, I also uh, wanted to point out too. We didn't. We didn't talk about this earlier, but uh, I thought it was really interesting that so the the people ask for a king in uh, in First Samuel. Uh, I can't remember now. I think it's First Samuel, Samuel chapter eight. They ask for a king. Samuel gets all upset. He's the you know he's the priest. He's, God communicates through Samuel. Uh, Samuel goes to God, and he's all like, "These people, I can't believe they're rejecting and they're they're asking for a king. They want to be like all the other nations." And God says, "Whoa, whoa wait a second, Samuel. They haven't rejected you. They've rejected me. Mm. I'm meant to fight their battles. I'm meant to be their king." And so God lets them gives them over what they what they want. That's that's if you read Romans one, that's yeah, it's right there. Yeah, that's right there. Turns them over oh, to he, their this this is where Ian is great. He can just turns them his, over to their own Their yes. evil desires, yes. desires, yes. yes, God in some way that's that's judgment. Mm-hmm. Right, God just giving us what we want. So God gives people what they want. They choose Saul as king. He's tall. He's handsome. So when Saul fails, and I just I thought it was really interesting that God didn't say, "Okay, we tried this. You were wrong. Now let me be king again." God still gives them a king. He still gives them what they asked for. He just. He chooses the king, yeah, and that just shows his incredible grace grace again and his plan throughout history, and then um you know David's line leads us all the way to jesus, and uh it's just incredible, yeah I just, which the, I love it
0: you know Matthew one goes into the whole genealogy, which mm-hmm. is just so interesting too, the fact that David is there, you know and yep i mean it's I, I love that part of it when I, I can remember reading the Bible when I was little. And I, I would just skim through all that, you know, yeah. the, the whole... They begat who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did not realize how important <laughs> that was until, you know, I actually became a Christian. You know, yeah. Know, you know, so good stuff. Um, so one of the other things that I really liked that you mentioned was this representative warfare. Um, you see that in the very beginning, you know, um, what do they call a federal headship?
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let... Let's talk about that, federal yeah, headship. Because sure. that's not something that, that's not a phrase that's just thrown out there.
0: Because it's much, not but, in the Bible,
1: but you see it yeah. in the Bible. So, representative warfare, warfare Goliath represented the Philistine people, David represented the Israelites, whoever won, won the battle for, mm-hmm. for everyone. Um, and so, that, that really compares to Jesus as our representative, the only one able to take care of our sin, the only one able to defeat. Satan, as it says in Genesis three, to crush the head of the, the snake. Um, and there's a passage in Romans five, it's talking about Adam. And it, it brings in this idea of federal headship. It's talking about Adam and Jesus, Adam and the the new Adam, that that Adam's sin was our sin. It's not it's not only that Adam sinned and then that that it just started this world of brokenness and sin. It's just his sin was was our sin when he sinned? It's like his sin is counted as our sin, right? Just which like is Just like Christ's righteousness is accounted to us. Yes, yeah. And it's but it, this federal headship is this idea, and I think we'd understand it in politics. You know, if if there's an ambassador going to another country, that ambassador has the ability. It's get, he's given the authority to speak on behalf of whatever country he represents. Yeah. So you kind
0: of see that with Putin today. I mean. You know there are uh, there's rumors out there that a lot of his people are against this war that he's doing with Ukraine. Mm -hmm. But since he's the federal head, what's happening? Yeah, the Russian people are at war with Ukraine, whether they want to be or not. Yeah, so it's kind of the same situation, and we could be in the same situation too if we didn't want to go to war with Russia. You and I didn't want to. And our president Biden said, "No, we're going to war with Russia. We would be at war with Russia, whether
1: we want yep. it to be or not." That's federal headship. That's federal headship. And you know, it's—I I read something recently about this. Actually, it was saying that you know, we—we—it's easy to look at Adam and be and go, "Well, well, I don't think I, you know, I wouldn't have made the same mistake. I probably wouldn't mm-hmm. eaten the fruit." But God, that's—that's that's just arrogance. That's arrogance. I mean, God created Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam is the. He's the first man. I mean, that's who God made. So we're basically saying that we could have done better than than God's choice. Mm-hmm. And no, we wouldn't have. I and, mean, the reality is we would have made the same decision. And he had privilege of all the blessings that God had to offer, and yet he still, sin. yeah. You know, I mean, he had he had he had perfection. He had Eden. You know. Yep. So yeah, uh, uh, Romans five nineteen. For as though one man's that's Adam's one man's disobedience, the many were appointed sinners. Even so, through the obedience of the one. Jesus the many will be appointed righteous mm. federal headship. Yeah, that thank God. So we see a picture we see a a picture of that in David and Goliath. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is really cool. It's very cool. And if it wasn't for the federal headship,
0: we'd be in big trouble. Yes. Because I mean we need Jesus righteousness to represent us. So, yep. And so so anyway, um one another thing that you mentioned, I really liked. And I, you know, retrospectively look at myself you said, David was passionate about defending the name of God and the idea that no one was doing anything about it. None trusted that God was faithful and would intervene. And David steps up and I kind of put myself in, in, in that. And it's like, man, do I defend the name of God? I mean, I'm, I, live yeah. in a, I live in a world where people <laughs> blaspheme, um, And it 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 makes my skin crawl. But do I ever do I defend the name of God?
1: No, not so much. Yeah. As I was writing that last week, it was just like, uh. yeah, (laughs) it's
0: like a little convicting. Yes. Yeah. Very convicting. Yeah. That's one of the things that I really I know I need to work on. I mean, we have the truth, and why? why I hunker down like the Jews and think uh, this is somebody else's battle, not my yeah. No, it is our
1: battle. Well, you know, it, it's really hard, I think to discern, and maybe sometimes I use this as an excuse too, to, for inaction. It's really hard to discern when to stand up and when, when to not, you know, I think of first Peter three fifteen. always be ready. This is yeah. apologetics. Yeah. Always be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. I mean, God today isn't calling us to go, you know lop off anyone's head no um but uh you know how do we confront and stand up for the name of god with gentleness and respect and show people the love of christ and what you know what they're doing is is against the name of god right
0: it's it's not an easy thing to do but i think it's a a requirement that uh, i'm very passionate about apologetics um it changed my life but um, I still find it difficult to have some of those conversations, especially with friends and family. I don't know why. I can have them with strangers, but I think mm-hmm. I just don't want the turmoil, yeah. the you know, uh, the uncomfortableness of it yeah. all. So, but yeah, I, I, it, it, it convicted me. So, good job. Well,
1: we, um, well, it wasn't me. It convicted you. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, because uh, I think we should be wrestling with this. Yeah. It should be something that we continually wrestle with when we're faced with different situations. Right. Um, and. Thankfully, we have the Holy Spirit helping us to discern those situations and you know, do, do what God wants
0: us to do. Right. Well, that leads us into a trusting heart is obedient, one of your, uh, your bullet points, and I, I mean, we are commanded to defend the faith, yep. and um, David was a, uh, a perfect example of this. He, was, um, he trusted God when no one else completely did. Yeah, and uh, he he stepped up and made the call and made the right call. You know, one of the things I, I I found fascinating in in this is you know you talked about all the similarities between Jesus and and David, and it was interesting, fascinating. You know, to see this picture of Christ in David. One of the things that um, I, I found interesting was when you were when you were preaching, was that David literally crushed the head of. Goliath, yeah, with that little stone. And Genesis 1, it says, you know, or Genesis 3, yeah. Or Genesis 3, yeah. yeah. That
1: uh and it, once again, it's just a picture of Christ crushing yeah. the head of the enemy. If you look for it, and you don't even have to look hard. No. If you look hard, if you look for it in the Old Testament, you'll see all these things leading mm-hmm. him to Christ, Yeah. God's redemptive plan. So, the second bullet
0: point was a, a trusting heart is confident, which and then you went into the what they called Romans grade 8, which mm-hmm. I absolutely love. Did you want to skip Ephesians two with that? Uh, oh yeah, I did. Yeah, I put that in the in the, in the back of my notes. Oh, we so, we, no, that's fine. That it, it needs to be over there. So Ephesians two, when it says a trusting heart is obedient, you had put Ephesians two in that bullet point. Yeah. So Ephesians two, uh, God created good works beforehand that we that way we would walk in them. Ephesians two ten. Yep. Ephesians two ten. So. Uh, unpack that for, for us a little bit.
1: Well, yeah, so that, that in that point, I was just talking about David's obedience, not necessarily in his obedience to fight Goliath, because it's not like God said, go here and stand up for my name and fight Goliath. Because I, I was really wrestling with how to... Because I, when I, I really... I actually, I started... I did this kind of backwards. I thought, like, okay, what are the qualities of trust that are displayed? I'm like, obedience. Like, when you trust someone, when you trust your father, you're obedient... I'm like, that, that doesn't really work, because God didn't say, David, go here and, and fight Goliath. And stand for my name. But then it, it was... That's it actually was an right, interesting point. Yeah, it was right there, though. Jesse told David, in a small thing, go take this food to your brothers. Take these cuts of cheese to the commanders <laughs> of the army. Right. Um, you know, take a break from the sheep. Go do this. And he had other brothers. Meanwhile, in God's plan he's gonna use that guy right just being obedient to the small
0: things which yep. opens up the door for another yeah so another. David
1: was obedient in the small things right and um, I've been I've been thinking about that uh, a lot recently and just how uh, I, had a, I had a good friend who uh, he he had become a Christian and he was a single dad and he was on fire for the Lord um, it was just it was beautiful he actually recently he passed away um, about a year ago, and uh, you know he he always just wanted to do something bigger for God, and he was he was not able to see how the beauty in just being a good dad, and that maybe that's what God has planned for you right sure now. maybe maybe instilling truths the gospel truths in your son. And raising him as a man who loves the Lord, maybe that can is the greatest thing. Maybe that's the greatest thing you'll ever do. Yeah. Um, and that's not something to be discouraged about. That's something to celebrate. I mean, I, I agree completely. Yeah. We're and so it's it's. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. My wife and I talk about it, and and just you know these mundane tasks, just the the everyday rhythm of life, work, sleep, clean, cook play, you know, just Mm -hmm. with, with my kids. Um, It's, I need to be obedient and to make sure I'm being obedient in those small things and have a good attitude about them because it, it leaves me open for God to, to say, okay, you know, I'm, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. So we're not good works aren't a measure of our salvation. God has saved us and he wants us. He has good things planned beforehand that we should walk in them. And if David would have said no, he wouldn't have done this incredible thing that God had planned for him. Yeah.
0: Well, you and I have had conversations in private before about, you know, have have I ever actually done a good work? Yeah. Like, what does that actually look like? I mean, I always use the analogy, yes, I can help an old lady across the street. But while I'm helping her across the street, am I patting myself on the back and saying, Hey, good job, guy. Good job, guy. You know, you're not so bad after all. Well, that act alone just wipes away my actual good deed because— I got my reward. I yep. patted myself on the back. Or let's say I was trying to impress somebody else to saw me, you know, and I'm reaping my rewards from that person saying, "Oh, look how good he is." Yeah. So I find Ephesians two ten because I I hold the reform position that God created all those works beforehand for His glory, not my glory. Yep. Not my glory. Yep. I don't glory. know how you get around that. You know, as far as the reform position holds, um, it's. Because my I I know my heart, and my good deeds are always tainted by what could I, what, you know? Yeah, did I reap? any, I'm patting myself
1: on the back a lot. So oh yeah, so Me too. And, and the fact that God can use those that just shows even more how how big His grace is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree I, I agree completely. So He has these good things for us that we're not really completely capable. No, and what's of that? Doing? You know, what
0: does that look like? What does that look like in heaven? I think uh, Revelation has a picture of that when the, uh, the apostles are taking their crowns off and casting them back at, mm-hmm. you know, the throne of God and saying, these aren't even our crowns. Yep. You know, um, I, I think that's what that is a picture of. I could be completely wrong, but um, I, think that's what, I think that's what it is a picture of, is they recognize that none of the deeds that they did actually got them there. It was God's deeds. It was yep. the grace and mercy that he has on on them. So I think we're going to be in the same situation. I will gladly cast my crown back at the at, at the throne of God. Yep. So me too. So the, se- the second bullet point you had was um, a trusting heart is confident. And that's when you really kind of open up uh, Romans 8, which is, I mean, Romans 8 is just a beautiful picture of the confidence that we should have walking in this broken world.
1: I love Romans 8. It's just beautiful. I love it. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, If God is for us, who is against us? Yes.
0: Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will affliction or turmoil or persecution or famine or nakedness
1: or peril or sword? I mean, over and over and over. You have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. It's just we slavery to sin, mm-hmm. to fear, and we've been adopted uh into God's family. Yeah. And it's it's not like Abba Father, it's it's not this like distance <sighs> like, oh yes, my my father is does this and it's it's not like heavenly it's not even like this picture of this other father. It's it's daddy. It's mm-hmm. literally yeah. dad. Almost a term of endearment. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're invited into.
0: Uh, Which is remarkable. I mean, it's 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 a full picture of what adoption should look yeah. like. You know, um, we're not we're not his. We, we are his slaves, but it's a it's it's a beautiful picture of what adoption should look like. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I when when I read Romans eight, I'm like, how can I have any anxiety, any depression, any of that um, when we should be so confident in in the Lord and his promises and all of that. So,
1: well, I kind of camped on, uh, verse 37 and all these things we overwhelmingly conquer Mm -hmm. through him who loved us. And it's all these things. It's, it's not just, you know, talking about the good things it's through, you know, Paul's writing about intense persecution and he's quoting Psalm 44. For your sake, we're putting being put to death all day long. We were counted as sheep for the slaughter. Um, which I thought was just really interesting. I I don't think I've really ever stood understood that before. Yeah. Now because it just feels out of place. But Paul is saying like even through suffering, we are we overwhelmingly conquer. Yeah. Them who loved us. We just don't see it on this side of. Yeah.
0: Eternity. So. Well, you wanted to, you wanted to kind of talk a little bit about that. Your last quote, which I thought was really good or the who, who was the Tim Chester yeah that was really good really insightful you kind of wanted to go into a little bit of the backstory there well I
1: felt uh I felt at first I felt a little bad reading having that long of a quote yeah but it, I think for my sermon this week I'm just going to be all quotes and scripture <laughs> yeah that's read some scripture and then see what this guy mm-hmm. says about it yeah I wouldn't want nothing will be original <laughs> I, I There is a lot of wisdom in sitting on the shoulder
0: of giants, and obviously yeah. this was one of those quotes. So
1: Tim Chester uh, wrote a book called First Samuel for You, uh, and I wanted to kind of plug it. Uh, there's a whole series of books. They don't have one for every book of the Bible yet, but it's called God's Word for You uh, series. I would highly encourage you to, to check one of those out. I use that for my own personal just Bible study, mm-hmm. and it basically breaks down, you know, you read... It'll say read First Samuel, First Samuel 17, and then we'll have a chapter on that. That's actually split in half, um, and we're doing we're doing a Romans one as a staff here. We use Romans for you, uh, which is there's different authors. Yeah, but this one was just excellent, and you know he's he's just comparing you know in the same way we as we as we see da- look at David, you know as as it were stand on as in the same way we as it were stand on the hillside surveying the story of history. Down in the valley, we see our Christ Jesus entering the battle, armed with, only with a beam of wood strapped to his shoulders. We see him face the snake who's tyrannized our lives as he hangs on the cross. There's Jesus, like David, appearing small compared to the might of the Roman Empire, appearing weak compared to the power of the snake. But he enters the battle bravely and trusts himself to God. Um, and, you know, he, he faces the might of the Roman Empire, and he has the cross. You know, this incredibly terrible horrific way to die. Yeah. Uh, And again, subverting the expectations of everyone, including Satan. Yeah. Uh, And he actually uses... He thought he had defeated God. And that moment is a turning point in history and then Jesus rises from the dead and he defeats death. Uh, And so David defeating Goliath in this unexpected, unlikely way is a is a picture of the of what's coming. It's been done. It's been done. It's been done. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, John, I'm out of time. That was fun. That was fun. You did great. Hey, so did. Hey, so did you. No,
1: you. No, you. Well,
0: I look forward to th- to next week. So you're staying in David next week.
1: Yeah. 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 First uh, right. Samuel. Yeah. Uh, three more weeks. Actually, I'll be in um, Second Samuel this week. Okay. We're gonna talk about repentance and David and Bathsheba. Oh, sounds like we'll have some stuff to talk about. Yes. We will. Soap opera. Yep.
0: Soap opera. Yeah. Right? That's drama. David and Bathsheba is drama. Yep. So Okay, thank you. Hey,
1: thank yeah. you guys. Had a good time. Alright. See you guys.